tuned in to the Community Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. This is part two of a past webinar we did with neighborhood cats called The Drop Trap, A Trapper's Best Friend. If you missed part one, feel free to uh, hop back a podcast and listen to part one from last week, or you can listen to part two and then go back and listen to part one. But this second part covers everything from the basic setup and deployment to advanced techniques for effective trapping. Uh, the presentation will include tips on how to use a drop trap safely and effectively, as well as how to troubleshoot common problems that trappers may encounter. You will learn what the Drop Trap 360 is all about. This session has something for everyone, from beginner-friendly advice to expert-level tips. Anyone with an interest in helping outdoor cats is encouraged to tune in. There's no experience required. Please enjoy the podcast, enjoy the show. And uh, I'd be curious to find out what you think about that Drop Trap 360. Pretty cool. Anyway, I believe this is one of our last podcasts for the year of 2023. I want to thank everybody for all they're doing to help community cats. Please enjoy this part two of the webinar that we did with Neighborhood Cats. And we do have a Everything TNR playlist on YouTube. So please check that out and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Community Cats Podcast. It would be great if you could support us there and tune in and you won't miss a webinar. We'll be loading up a lot of new webinars in 2024, as well as we have loaded up a lot in 2023. Anyway, enjoy this podcast. Thank you again, everybody, for all that you do for turning your passion for cats into action. Take care. So we're going to get into the more advanced stuff now. And I want to go back to one thing that I mentioned in the beginning, which is whenever possible, Use a familiar bowl. Again, uh, there's a theme here. You can use a familiar bowl. You can use familiar food. You're trapping at their usual time. So you're trying to use every little edge you can to make the cats feel comfortable. Just gives you anything that gives you a little bit of an edge. Now you'll see in this slide, the problem was that the bowl that the cats were used to eating out of was enormous, right? You know, but it's so distinctive. And I think this particular cat was one of the last ones in the colony, so it was a little more shy than the others. So what we did, and again, we're getting into advanced stuff. This isn't something you want to try your first time out. You can see what we did was we put the drop trap in a position where one side of it, when it falls, it's going to be blocked by a wall. Okay, so this is real tricky because you don't want the trap hitting the wall on the way down, but it still has to be close enough so that as it's falling, it doesn't offer the cat a way out. You're basically blocking off that exit. That allows us to take the bowl and not have it in the center, but push it towards the wall, knowing that the cat can't quickly get out that way and put food in the bowl close to the wall. Kitty did go into the corner. Now, it would have been better. I'm not sure why we would have preferred if the food was in the center there, I think she may have just been licking up some scraps, which was not going according to plan. We would have wanted her to go a little further in 
But you can see how having the drop trap next to the wall gives us a little bit of an edge because if it wasn't next to the wall, she could easily obviously get out or we would have to put the ball in the middle, which would give her more chances to escape. So we had her in there. You can see she's fully engaged. Would have liked her to be a little further in, but this was the best we were going to do. So we gave it a yank and you can see that it worked well. And you could see from her movement that she was not headed to the side. She was going to try to get out the front. And that little bit of um, extra distance allowed us to use that large familiar ball. Now, if you're not sure, if you want to get a little extra help with judging whether your cat is in uh, the drop trap, or, and this can be especially useful if you've got more than one cat under the drop trap and you know one of them's engaged and you're not sure whether it's going to be dangerous for a cat who's on the edge, or if you're worried about the tail sticking out, something like that, you can just get some sidewalk chalk, which can easily be washed away and draw an outline and boom, kind of takes the guessing out of this. One thing to keep in mind, you know, sometimes you get these large cats or cats with extra long tails and they, depending on their position, may be engaged in eating. And a little bit of the tip of the tail is like, say, past this white line on the outside. And you may be thinking like, oh, if I drop the trap, it's going to crush their tail. Uh, every time I've seen a drop trap fall and a cat react, they move forward and the tail comes in. So don't let an inch or two concern you because they will move their tail before that trap hits the ground. If you've got a windy day and you're at a long distance, you may quickly discover that the wind will blow your uh, string around and you don't want that kind of movement. You don't want any kind of movement that's going to potentially scare the cats. Plus, if it's blowing off way to the side, it's going to make it harder to pull. So if you just get something lightweight like this little piece of wood you see here, it will prevent that kind of motion from the wind. You got to be careful. Don't get something too heavy. That's going to make it a lot harder to pull. It should be pretty light so that it doesn't really require any extra effort on your part when you're pulling the string. Uh, the case of the stubborn caretaker, we've used drop traps to solve this problem. What I mean by the stubborn caretaker, all of you who've done this for a while have met, it's the person you go on a trapping and they insist that they can shove the cats into the traps. And no matter how hard you beg them, do not do that. They do it anyway. And if you're using box traps and they're trying to shove a frightened cat through the back door or the front door of a box trap, in my experience, you know, 19 out of 20 times, they end up with their arms ripped to bits and the cat runs away. So we learned to use the drop trap to adapt to that. Again, hopefully people listen to you, but when you get the stubborn caretaker who just is sure that they can pick the cat up, set up a drop trap. So it's going to be a lot easier for them to toss kitty under a drop trap than to try to shove them through the much smaller opening of a regular normal trap. Another specialized use for a drop trap can be if you're trying to catch a mom and her kittens. Well, let's say the mom. Well, either way, it depends who you caught first, but let's say you caught the kittens first. You can put the kittens in a transfer cage or a carrier and then cover all the sides except for the one facing the middle of the drop trap. Put the transfer cage to the side. And the idea is that in order for a mom to see and get to the kittens, she has to go 
towards the back and the center of the drop trap. So once she's in there, then you can catch her too. And you can do vice versa. You could put mom in there in the transfer cage or the carrier and, and wait for the kittens to come in. Another thing you can do is use sound instead of actual cats. So we had um, we were after a mom cat and she had one kitten. We got the kitten, but the kitten was way too weak at that point to be used as bait in a drop trap. So we rang up a YouTube video on our phone and started playing kittens crying for a mom. And mom ran right under the drop trap looking for her baby. And we were able to uh, catch her that way. Now, what about uneven ground? We referred to that before. The ground in this location where we had been trapping, it is rutted and uneven. So normally you would look at that and say, there's no way you could drop trap here because there's too many ways the cats will be able to get out from under. But this is where we had a trap and we were after the cats that we couldn't catch normally. So we had to figure something out. So we came up with what we call a drop trap pad and that's made of plywood. And you can see that's exactly what it is. It gives the drop trap an even surface to fall down on. So we brought it to this location and you can see how it evens out the ground by creating a flat surface. And then Kitty went in, started to eat, and then we dropped it on him and the drop trap landed on the pad and we were able to catch him. I'm not gonna spend a whole lot of time talking about how to build a drop trap because it's pretty easy once you have the specifications. So I'll just quickly go over the highlights of this. So it's two panels and you know we've been trying to get this made out of fiberglass so it would be a lot lighter, but we haven't gotten there yet. So you guys may innovate on this and make it better, but this will just give you a starting point. So we've got two pieces of half inch plywood that's two foot by four foot. And uh, you're gonna need a couple of hinges, some cable ties, and you wanna paint the wood so that it can be easily cleaned. You're attaching the two pieces of wood with door hinges, and that's gonna be the bottom of the pad. Then you're gonna paint everything. You need to put cable ties. You create a couple of loops by drilling uh, holes. This is gonna be where the back of the drop trap is. And you're gonna need to create loops with cable ties that you're then gonna be able to use to attach the back of the drop trap to. And you could use these specifications. So this is how the back of the drop trap, you're not using the anchor flap. You can lift that up, either tie it to the mainframe or get a carabiner or something zip tie. Then you're going to take another cable tie, go through the loop that you've made in your pad and attach the back of the drop trap. The big trick is that orange cable tie that you see can't be too tight. You need to be able to lift the trap up prop it up and then be able to have it swing back down. But basically once the trap drops, these cable ties will prevent it from being dragged off of the pad onto the uneven ground. Thanks to Maddie, we have a wonderful scholarship opportunity for folks to attend the 2024 online CAC conference. We do have a limited amount of scholarships, so sign up early to benefit from this opportunity. The online CAC conference will be on January 27th and 28th in 2024. And this will be the place to learn how to turn your passion for cats into action. All of our sessions are recorded and available for viewing for up to a year. To get more information about this great opportunity, please go to www.communitycatspodcast.com. Are you ready to take your learning to the next level? Get your hands on the only all-access pass to all things Community Cats. 
the Community Cats Pass with Community Cats Podcast. This one-time purchase will ensure you're registered for all of our full 2024 calendar. That's all events, webinars, and workshops from the online cat conference to the online kitten conference from TNR to surrender prevention certification workshops. Your 2024 Community Cats Pass will ensure you never miss a minute of cat-saving content. Turn your passion for cats into action all year long. Grab your pass today at communitycatspodcast.com. In animal welfare, there's always someone to talk with and learn from. Check in with hundreds of animal welfare colleagues every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern to have your chance at $5,000 just for attending. These 50-minute calls are a collaborative space to share exciting new programs and research, discuss uncomfortable topics, connect with peers in the industry, and more, all while sharing a common goal of preserving the human-animal bond. Go to forum.maddiesfund.org to register now. You can also watch on demand if you can't make it live. Now, in general, you may have uh, another issue you may come up against is soft ground, not necessarily uneven. But what can happen is if the ground is, is soft enough, the weight of the drop trap can push the prop stick into the ground far enough that when you pull the string, it's a struggle to get the trap to close. So the simple way around that is what you see here. We're using a food boat, also known as a French fry plate, and the prop stick is on that. So that's a nice smooth surface. When we pull it, the prop stick's going to move pretty easily and it's not going to sink into the ground. Now, somebody did ask a good question, which was, have you ever seen cats hit the prop stick and knock the drop trap down on their own? And the answer to that is no. And it's because it's amazing how much, um, how strong these drop traps are. We've actually seen cats jump on top of the drop traps and sit on them and not knock it over. I've never seen a cat hit the prop stick. They're quite adept at avoiding it. The only circumstance where I would be very careful about that is if you're on a very smooth surface then it takes very little force to move the prop stick forward. You know, like let's say you're you're on a polished concrete, just the slightest pull is going to make that thing slide out. So that would be a circumstance where I'd be a little concerned about a cat knocking the drop trap and then shutting it. In that case, you might put the prop stick on a piece of cardboard or something a little rougher than the surface of the floor, just so it can't easily slide. How about nighttime trapping? Absolutely, you can definitely use the drop trap at night. And there's a couple of ways, several ways to do that. The first thing to understand is that the cats are not freaked out by light. They may be curious, but it's not going to draw them away. So you need to have enough light in the drop trap so that if this is a colony you've already worked on, you need to be able to distinguish cats that have ear tips and those that don't. You also, obviously, you need to be able to tell that they're far enough in that it's okay to uh, yank the string. You can use a hanging light, which are just a few dollars. You can get them at any hardware store. You can hook it through. We, we duct taped it on because once you drop the trap, the lights go flying. So you know we got tired of buying lights, so we just taped it on. But you don't need to do that. You can just use the hook if you want. Helen Woods had another great idea. When she can't, you can use your headlight. Let me take a step back. It's fine to use your headlights. We do not find that the cats are disturbed by that. So, you know, you have to be some distance away, obviously, but you turn your car on so you don't run down your battery. 
turn on your headlights. You can even turn the brights on. Gives you a nice view of the scene. But if you can't do that, if you're in a situation where you know you can't use headlights, what Helen does is she gets a clip light that you can get at any hardware store that you see there, a long extension cord, so you can run the cord to your car, and then you get something that's called an inverter. That will allow a normal extension cord to be able to be plugged into your car's, uh, you know, what we used to call the cigarette lighter, and now it's just a, you know, an outlet for plugging in, you know, your car vacuum or things like that. But anyway, it converts that cord into something that can run off your car's battery, and you can get uh, 60 watts of lighting with this. And if you clip it onto a, a nearby branch or something over the drop trap, you can illuminate it quite well. Now, one other thing to be aware of is the Tomahawk model drop trap is designed for the Tomahawk sized spring loaded traps. Those are traps that are 10 inches wide and 12 inches high. So they perfectly match the side door on the drop trap. If you're using a gravity trap like True Catch 30 LTD and the Tomahawk GT606 are the two most popular on the market, their openings are nine inches by 11 inches. So when you back that up against the side door, you've got a gap of one inch on each side of the rear door of your box trap. And again, you know, kind of made every mistake in the book. I've seen five, six month old kittens who are strong enough to squeeze their way out and small enough, both strong enough and small enough that if there's a one inch opening, they're going to start trying to shove their way through and you just have to have that happen once to be like really kind of horrified. <laughs> you solve that problem by just getting an adapter from Tomahawk that will make the side door smaller, the opening smaller, and eliminate that risk. So if you know you're going to be transferring into gravity traps that are nine by 11, then absolutely, you know, spend, spend the 15 bucks and get this adapter and you insert it behind the run the grooves on the side door, not in the grooves, but behind it. And once it's in there, use a cable tie to attach it to the mainframe. And then uh, you can see how the opening on the mainframe is now smaller. And slide the side door up and down to make sure you've attached it properly and aren't interfering with the action of the side door. So we mentioned remote controls. What's different about them is there's a couple of pieces of equipment. You've got your trigger, which is that black box that's attached to the top of the drop trap. And you have a different prop stick that goes through the body of the mainframe of the drop trap and sticks out the top. And what you can see on the inset is the trigger mechanism has a little steel bar that sticks out. And you can see how that steel bar is resting against the prop stick. It's resting up against the bottom of that. And what will happen is when you hit the remote control, that little round thingamajig that's sticking out from the black box is going to pull back and then the trap is going to drop. So the only thing holding the drop trap up at this point is that trigger that's sticking out of the black box. You hit the remote, that bar gets pulled back and the trap slides down. Again, this is something that is uh, manufactured by Tomahawk. So a lot of people think, why would you use a string? You know, we have a remote control, but we almost never use it. And I'm going to show you why.
you can see the trap hasn't dropped and he's already heading out. So what happened was he heard the remote. There's a delay. You hit your remote control button. The machine starts to whir as it pulls that steel bar back. And that split second of warning was enough to get this really highly strung cat to alert him that something was wrong. And you could see he was halfway out before the thing started to drop. So because of that, we really avoid using the remote control in this manner. However, there is, we think, a very good use for the remote control, and that's if you do a side door remote control. And that involves putting the mainframe of the trap down on the ground and using the remote to make the side door close instead of the whole trap. You know, you don't have to have a remote. You could do this with a string too. Put a piece of wood there and yank it. But it is well suited for the remote control because the side door will close much faster than, especially if it's halfway down, like you saw here, it's going to close a lot faster than using the remote to drop the whole trap. And you can actually train the cats to eat inside this kind of frame if you're able to leave a drop trap around. And it can be a very effective way of catching multiple cats at the same time. I talked about cluster feeding earlier, and that's the idea that some groups of cats eat in a cluster, like there's one big dish and they gather around it. So with drop trapping, we can try to take advantage of that. And here's an example of how, in this particular case, these cats are used to eating, you know, as, as you can see in a group. And you can see how they gather under the drop trap to do this. Again, this is advanced stuff because you got to be careful, like one cat, there's tail sticking out, another one's looking the other way. So the timing of it is really tricky. But we were able to drop trap several of them at the same time. Now, I want to give you an example of how a lot of these advanced techniques can kind of come together and other innovation as well when you're in a really kind of tricky situation. So this is a colony of cats who lived in this giant pile of concrete debris in a park by the beach. You know, you couldn't go into their territory and, and catch them because you could see it was like a maze of cat caves. You know, we're talking about a 10 foot high, 30 foot long pile of concrete. Next to it, there was a fence that ran quite a length and the feeder would feed the cats, put the food by the fence and the cats would come out from the caves, go to the fence and eat, and they would eat as a group. So we thought, how could we take advantage of that? And next to the pile of debris, the ground was sloped downwards. So it was a little hill next to the pile of debris. So the cats would come out of the rocks, go to the feeding area by the fence, and then you have that slope. So we had uneven ground. We had cats that ate in a group and we had kind of an awkward setting for the angle of the drop trap. So the way we went around was we would put drop traps on pads to smooth out the uneven ground by the fence. And then we would have our trappers way down the path so they would not be frightening these cats who were quite feral. We put a third person, a spotter, on the slope. So she would have a really good view of the drop traps and be able to shout out when the two trappers should be pulling their strings. Okay, but we still had one more problem here, which was the angle. They're not at the front of the drop traps, so how are they gonna yank that string? 
So we came up with what we call the Drop Trap 360, which is uh, this wooden dowel shoved inside of a 10-pound barbell weight. And then, as you can see, what we did is we just took the rope and wrapped it around it so that it could be pulled at a 90-degree angle. Right? We've got our spotter. Our trappers now are able to pull. And we've got our cats who are used to eating in groups. We caught eight cats, and that was the start of a mass trapping. So the point being that, you know, as you get more advanced in using the drop trap, you can see how powerful a, a tool it can be and how much, you know, room for innovation there is in, in all of this. So I want to mention that is our drop trap presentation. We do have monthly TNR certification workshops in partnership with the Community Cats podcast. And these are kind of basic TNR training, a lot about trapping, a little bit about caretaking. So if you're interested, you know, click on that link. We are also this year in partnership with the Community Cats Podcast are offering a series of doing TNR on the program level, uh, not just about the individual cats, but what if you're managing a program that's dealing with hundreds or thousands of them, what are the appropriate strategies and tactics? You can view those recordings on YouTube. And at this point, we can take any questions, Stacey. Excellent. There are several sort of technical questions have you ever pulled multiple drop traps at the same time or tied them together in a fashion or just pulled at the same time? I've always had one person per drop trap to pull the strings. I suppose you probably could rig something together where you could pull uh, more than one at the same time. I, I suspect you would have to have the drop traps pretty close to each other so that they would go simultaneously, but I don't see any reason why you can't figure that out. Uh, I think the hard part would be after the traps dropped and you've got two or three traps full of cats and you're trying to cover them up and there's just the one of you and you have to do all these transfers, I, I would really want to have one or two other people with me. But yeah, I, I mean, if, if you're game for it, you could do it yourself. Excellent. Can you trap with water? I have a cat that drinks from a water bowl at my house, but will not eat here. He eats on a neighbor's property, but it's not safe for me to trap there due to the neighbor's is it okay to try trapping with water? Yeah, absolutely. You know, anything that will get the cat to go under the drop trap is fine. You know, just make sure the water's in an unbreakable dish and don't put too much in it so he doesn't get too wet. But if that will make him go under, that's fine. You might try tuna juice too if that doesn't work. Do you ever experience any sticking in the door to the drop trap when using the remote? You have to test that ahead of time. When you're doing the side door remote, you're going to turn the door around. So that makes it a slide a little bit easier. But you really have to check that. Yeah, if you're, as your drop trap ages and the grooves start to get bent, that could be a problem. And you just need to um, you know, get a screwdriver or something like that and make the grooves wide enough so that it easily goes up and down. So Brian, when you go out to trap, are you always using the drop trap? Are you using the drop trap? only for specific situations? Um, for specific situations, but each situation will be a little bit different. So if it's your, what you might call a standard situation, let's say it's a colony of like 12 cats, we'll do the withhold the food thing the day before, we'll go out with our box traps and we'll catch as many of them as we can. When we start to spot cats that are hanging around but not going in, at that point we'll break out a drop trap and try to catch them. Uh, if we have a colony of cats where we see cluster feeding, where they're grouping around the food bowl, then we may start a mass trapping with setting up two or three drop traps and try to catch a whole bunch at first. 
if we're trapping a newcomer to a colony, if we're trapping the last couple of cats in a colony, then we're going to go with a drop trap. So we use it all the time. How we use it depends on the situation. I know sometimes, you know, you'll recommend that buddying up a new trapper with a more experienced trapper and at least doing that a couple of times just to get to know. So I would assume the same would be true for the drop trap. Yeah. You know, it's always easier if you've got somebody who's got a little bit of experience helping you out. You know, that said, if you just practice once or twice at home, you know, your pet cats will forgive you. You're going to be okay going out and doing it. You know, the basic one cat in the trap, uh, maybe two, you're going to be able to do that as long as you practice once or twice. But it's always more reassuring. And if you do come into a tricky situation, having somebody who's experienced with you is going to help. If you're in New York City, you can contact you know us at info at neighborhoodcats.org. Let us know your situation. And if we can get somebody who's experienced to assist you, we will. So last question, because we do have a question actually uh, from somebody from New York who's having a hard time accessing spay-neuter appointments. Could you just share a little bit of details about your Ask Your Vet program that you have going on for those that are in New York City? Sure. Well, first thing I would say is if you're not TNR certified, then you want to take the certification workshop because access to that those services is going to be dependent on you being certified. And then there's a page on our website on this TNR and NYC section that lists all the vets. And the good news is there's actually a couple of new clinics that are once opening uh, at the end of this month. And uh, Flatbush Cats is opening a large clinic in uh, Brooklyn. So there is more services coming on. But uh, the Ask Your Vet program, you can go to any veterinarian and get the best price you can and then contact us at Neighborhood Cats and work, work with you to make it affordable. We'll help to subsidize that. So if you can find a veterinarian who will do the spay neuter, we'll make sure that you're able to pay for it. Excellent. And as as Brian just said, you know, reach out to info at Neighborhood Cats. Um, they have all the information on sort of what the status is for spay neuter opportunities around the city. So thank you to those from New York that did a little shout out in that the Q&A section there. Well, we are at the end of our two hours, so I want to say thank you to everyone. Okay, so what I'm going to recommend all of you try and do is make sure you join our online cat conference community on Facebook and post what it is that you love about drop traps. And if you have pictures or anything that you want to share about your drop trapping experience, please put it there in the online cat conference page from Facebook. And if you don't know what it is, we'll make sure I will send it out or just shoot me an email because that space is really a great space for a lot of the pro rescuers and TNR folks. And, you know, sharing is caring. So the more information that we can get out there on what are successful tools to use, the better that we all are. So thank you so much. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Susie. Thank you all for turning your passion for cats into action and for becoming a big fan of the drop trap. That's it for this week. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. We love to hear what you think, and a five-star review really helps others find the show. You can also join the conversation with listeners, cat caretakers, and me on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to hit follow or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single show. Thanks for listening, and thank you for everything that you do to help create a safe and healthy world for cats. Wow.